0: Welcome to the Wildly Tarot podcast. Hi, Esther. Good morning, Holly. <laughs> Good morning. Hey, I don't know if you noticed, but it is like fully, fully bright outside, which means spring is coming. You are angelic
1: this morning, is all. I'm oh, thank say. you. I'm so beautiful. I you do are. feel
0: like the equinox is around the corner, and I could not be more excited.
1: It is still getting dark here at like 5:30 p.m., and so I'm boo. like, well, boo, <laughs> very sad.
0: That is so sad. I guess we have to appreciate the seasons. blah, 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 blah blah. I was thinking about this year because, of course, I didn't get any like Yule cards out and never will. Oh, right about right, right. sending people equinox cards, oh. It would be like only to 20 people because we didn't get that many like Christmas cards or holiday right. cards this year. And I'm not going to search out addresses. I'll just send them to the people people's envelopes. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But w- Don't you think that's kind of a
1: fun idea? Yeah. Like
0: a happy equinox. Happy equinox. Yeah. Here comes like spring, spring uh, sort yeah. of thing.
1: Yeah. I like that. I've always mm. liked the equinox like rhythms. Yeah,
0: that's my favorite anyway. Solstices and equinoxes, so it makes the most sense. But also, I know that what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna find something I really love, and then just like totally balk at the price of cards, <laughs> and be like, eh, I don't really spend. I feel like spending a hundred bucks on this.
1: I when when I was 12 years old, where there was card making software, I can do this on PowerPoint. You know, and, and <laughs> oh, like that's promise true. yourself.
0: <laughs> I probably could make it. That would yeah. be pretty cute. We'll see. We'll see how uh, get some card stock. I, forget completely about and this And some idea. stamps and just go ham. Yeah. Might as well try. Um, I uh, well, so Esther knows and we talked about oh, yeah. this last week. I think Esther is not wearing or we're not buying any clothes. Oh, we did not talk about this. Days. Yes. Oh, we didn't okay. talk about this. Well, so Esther is not wearing anything other than this one specific dress for the next 100 days as part of, the, of this really cool challenge and we shouldn't give them free publicity but it's this company where basically they give you this big discount coupon if you wear and style their dress for 100 straight days. So out of solidarity, I am also not buying any clothes for 100 days, which Uh I think I probably am being too specifically focused on only not buying clothes. And okay. I think that probably Nathan would like it to be not buying anything. <laughs> He's pretty excited about this challenge. And I think Anna, who's also participating in it, was saying that she wasn't buying anything either. So maybe right. I should be stronger in my convictions. But my mom showed us this app, this sobriety app that she uses. Oh, yes. And yes, yes. Uh, it's called Sober Time. And it lets you put any kind of goals you want. Uh-huh. So I just put no shopping for clothes yeah and it tells you how much freaking money you've saved yeah I think it's which so is cool. fun yeah 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 so that's been nice it definitely makes it easier and the wild thing so my mom stopped drinking seven years ago and seven months seven years and seven months ago according to this app we were looking mm-hmm. at it this weekend according to this app it says that she has saved like over eight thousand dollars in wow. the last seven years
1: that's a lot a lot of money that is
0: So so it's kind of a cool way to do it because like, I mean, whatever you're trying to abstain from purchasing, it is true. Like there is the financial component for it. Yeah. I love it. It's wine or shoes or whatever. She actually added another alarm on hers for not buying shoes.
1: (laughs) I have saved $0 so far for my three days. Did you not put, did (laughs) you not put an amount that you're spending? No, I have no idea what I spend on clothes. I just buy them at whim. So <laughs> um,
0: I guessed. I just totally made okay. it up because I okay. wanted
1: to see that
0: component of it, too. I wanted to see you see the validation of like I'm saving Nathan. Look how much I saved you. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just went through my PayPal because that's yeah. the problem. It's so oh, easy, it's especially true. when you're like mostly trying to buy from like small, sustainable clothing companies. Mm-hmm. Everything goes through PayPal. So it takes like 30 yeah. seconds to buy something. Exactly. Right. 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 And well, then you're like, oh, uh,
1: shit. Now again. I wore those uh, linen overalls I got the other day today. They were so comfy. Yeah, I saw you
0: in your Instagram stories, you put it over the dress. Yes, I put it. Yeah, because the dress is a top.
1: I could tie the pockets. Well, tie the pockets is like a, a big word i could (laughs) clasp the pockets behind and it kind of like shimmies the dress up to a little bit to make it like a like a longer tunic sort of like oh smart yeah and so i was like okay well let me just wear the overalls over it the only problem i have with overalls is having to go to the bathroom because the strategy to go to the bathroom with straps and you know making sure things do not fall in certain places is the worst yeah otherwise they're amazing i love them
0: I was realizing that when I was wearing my cute overalls that I really like when I was at work, and it has like tie t- oh, yes. tie shoulder straps, and I was like, "This is something that works super well if you're using a private bathroom, but if you're using a shared bathroom like uh-huh. at school or whatever, right on campus, it's like this is yeah. really disgusting." Yeah, yeah, and but I try I- not to think about it.
1: But I think it's the first time that my husband has seen someone wear overalls. That's above the age of like two because he's just (laughs) just like giggling at me today. Cause I was like, like, "Uh, these are stylish. They're cute. And he was like, You're so cute. I was like, Thank you, I know. (laughs) know? I am so cute. You are right about that. Yes. Yes, exactly. So yes. Anyway, wish us luck.
0: A hundred days is a lot of days. Our last day of this abstaining is my birthday. It is your birthday, yeah. The day I turned thirty-five, which my mom and grandma refused to accept. This weekend, they were like, "There's no way." (laughs) Sorry, I love how your mom
1: and grandma are the ones that refuse to accept it, and like, not that you're. They were both there. (laughs) Yeah, they were both there. She's twenty-nine forever. Yeah, exactly.
0: My sister, my younger sister, isn't even twenty-nine anymore. But she gets a pass because, I mean, not that, I mean, aging is a blessing, so we yeah. shouldn't be upset about it anyway, but she did turn 30 during the pandemic, and so I oh. do feel a little bit like she's still, in some ways, is 29, Yeah, yeah. because she missed a, some major transition years. Like, she yeah. went through her Saturn return and then was plunged into a pandemic. Jeez. Like, there's not that much room for life changes the yeah. way that you want to when you're going through that. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> of the day and i'm using the uh star seeker tarot from van mystic she i saw on her instagram just got a big haircut like a big chop oh which i love it when people do big chops if you ever cut off all of your hair some
1: dramatic haircut send me a picture well i did like like, shave the sides oh my god they did you do that i've i've had it done for a couple months now like since the 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 fall they got an undercut like I didn't even notice because you
0: always have your but hair headphones. back when we record and headphones. <laughs> yeah. That's and true headphones. <laughs> too. Headphones are perfect
1: like yeah, for cover. It, exactly. That looks so cute. How long did you keep the top? The the top is just kind of like, ugh, it's kind of like a like Sorry. a <laughs> shoulder length. Yeah. This is <laughs> Hello Audio Media. Visual me yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's still like a little bit like collarbone length. Ah, uh, I love the
0: undercut on you Esther. It looks but adorable.
1: It's it's also like cuz my head gets just so fucking hot. Yeah, like even in the wintertime, my
0: undercut only lasted for a couple of months because or a couple. Yeah, probably like a month and a half or two months because it made me just want to cut all of my hair. So oh, That's yeah, when yeah. I did like the full blown. I love a dramatic haircut. Yeah. Anyway, send me your dramatic haircuts. And thank you to Nikki from the Van Mystic for posting that on your stories because it was quite delightful.
1: Yes, we are <laughs> always here for a, a, a nice drama. I love a dramatic haircut. All right, but our card for today's
0: episode is the Chariot. Oh, that's kind of ironic because we're we have a question about Chariot. Okay, okay.
1: Well, let me get to my non iPad version of our notes (laughs) and make them. Esther's been (laughs) robbed. If you can be robbed by your own by by your own husband, who's technologically not as advanced (laughs) as she is. you are particularly advanced this though. is true this is think. true it's not it's not his fault in particular okay um this our first question episode is from vicky and she says i've been pondering a lot about when would be the proper time to start looking for a dog Oh, is dogs are extremely important to me and i recently had a dog nephew enter into my life which has intensified that need for a dog even more However, I want to make sure I bring a pup home during the time when I can dedicate enough time to it. So my question for the cards is, is now a good time to start looking? Or should I focus on researching and preparing dog care for the future instead? This is so cute. I love it. I know. So sweet.
0: I feel like I under-researched before getting my dog. (laughs) You anybody researched? Yeah, I know. No. I was just like that's why I partially why I think I went into such like a deep like oh. despondent <laughs> funk right after getting here where I was like
1: I'm gonna ruin her and she's
0: <laughs> gotta be bad and just like losing my
1: mind. There's like not there's not a like what to expect when you're expecting a puppy. They book. should. <laughs> there should be that. That should that and be our next I, book, Holly? <laughs> I have such a clear memory, Esther,
0: of going into the Can I Pet Your Dog group, which we there, Oh right. A, it is a podcast that's sort of like ending, but they have a really, really robust Facebook group. And they also had an advice group and I was like Googling like, what do you do if you can't get your puppy to stop biting?
1: Oh, uh uh-huh. And
0: all these people were like, you know, puppyhood is like so hard. It's like impossible, but it's so worth it. And I Uh was like, how? How is it worth it? Tell me how. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just fully was rejecting that it could ever be worth it. Be better. I love Max so much, especially
1: when she's sleepy.
0: And actually now that she's five, she's calmed down exponentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she
1: was, uh, fucking lunatic for a yeah. really long time. Uh, Doogie as well. I mean, I don't know how many couches did Doongie destroy just by his small little mouth. Many. Yeah. So <laughs> he's just persistent with his yeah. gigantic block head and his short little stubby legs. I showed you the picture of the same mix. That's Doongie mix. That's so small. Did yeah. Did you see that? I was yeah. Like, how did our Doongie get so big? So big. Well, he's not big for dogs everywhere. He's just big for big dogs for... in Korea. Yeah. And kind of big for those specific two breeds too. Like Yeah, he... that's true. <laughs> he gets a two e and breed. half Boston. French bulldog. French bulldog. Yeah.
0: And he's like 35 pounds of he's, muscle and He looks like a head. miniature.
1: I keep just saying he just looks like a miniature pit bull. Like he a mini really pit does. bull. He really does. He like. does. With his broad forehead.
0: hmm But he's got a little bit of an underbite. He does. Ugh. I love that does. dog. He okay. Does. Anyway, dog stuff is hard. So this is a great yes. question. Let's see uh, what do, the do. vibe of getting a dog now is. And then yeah. maybe other time frame stuff if yeah. it seems like. We need to say, wait,
1: getting a dog now for Vicky, because we would normally just know that we would normally say, yes, get the dog. Just Go get one. You'll learn. There's so many resources. Right.
0: But also dogs will come into your life. They will. You'll see a post or whatever, and you'll be like, oh, there's my dog. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) I should have not been surprised by Mac's intense teethiness as a puppy, because her nickname or her name from the people who were fostering her Was Chompers, so I really should have known.
1: (laughs) Chompers. Okay. So vibe for getting a dog now for Vicky. Oh, I got the
0: Eight of Swords. That's not very helpful.
1: (laughs) Maybe saying get a kennel. Three, four, five. (laughs) Yeah, maybe six, seven. I got the Four of Wands. Okay.
0: So I think that now is a start. Now would be a good time to start, like creating the infrastructure yeah like looking like making it so that you don't feel quite so worried but i think the four of wands is saying like this is a good time but Mm -hmm. you're feeling sort of like blinded by a lack of understanding of what could happen Mm -hmm. with that eight of swords
1: yeah or yeah or you just feel like underprepared for this right now even though you have this desire you still just feel underprepared so you know for that happiness to exist you need to kind of break free from that unpreparedness and get preparedness.
0: Yeah. So let's maybe pull cards for what Vicky can do to become more prepared. Preparing more. Oh, huh? I got death and the Empress.
1: I got, I'm just pulling one. I got strength. Wow. That's a lot of major arcana cards Uh
0: for a what to do to prepare sort of thing. Maybe you need to do
1: more than what we uh, thought you need to do. Yeah. I think death, the empress and strength. I would think, okay. So to me, strength is like training classes. See in your area where there's training classes for a puppy kindergarten, just being honest. Yeah. because Puppy kindergarten is going to make a big difference in their behavior at home. Well, and also maybe death and the empress could be like releasing
0: some of those feelings of like, that there will, that there is a way for you to feel totally prepared to bring this Mm -hmm. into the world almost like releasing the idea that there will be a time where you are completely serene and composed Mm -hmm. about dog ownership and then adding strength is sort of saying like the way that you can get through that is to say like I have the resources and the mm-hmm. plan to make sure that this goes well, right. even if I can understand that I have to release a lot of my control mm-hmm. and expectations of yeah. how beautiful and life affirming it'll be. Right. Right.
1: Cause, cause it can be really hard. I mean, cause dogstagram is a very filtered lens of what, how dog life actually is. Right, like just being honest. Right. So it's and not, even this if you don't get life. an
0: actual puppy, like Matt uh-huh. was like, like 16 weeks old or something when yeah. we got her but even if you get like an adult dog like mm-hmm. you rescue an adult dog still releasing some of the expectations that it's going to be this like lush Mm -hmm. easy natural experience and kind of understanding that you do have to take the reins a little bit more Mm -hmm. i know that's a horse metaphor but you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: (laughs) take the leash a little bit more yeah um will be helpful (laughs) in like kind of allowing you to sort of get out of that eight of swords energy Mm -hmm. also like yeah because you you know that maybe it won't be all sunshine and rainbows you've released that expectation and you just have a plan for creating strength rather Mm -hmm. than like Assuming that it'll just be easy peasy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like that release of expectations because, you know, we all come into any sort of situation with certain expectations, and yeah, just kind of being realistic about it. Even just like joining like dog mom groups, you know, and just seeing if you're interested in a certain breed, seeing what you know their expectations are. Like a husky is going to have a different expectation for their life. Like yeah. running four miles a day, twice a day, is their literal like how you have to exist versus a, you know, Shih Tzu who doesn't need that, you know, so.
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally, totally, totally. Expectations are so key. And I think, yeah, I think that a lot of it is like releasing the control because it feels like the timing thing or the dedicated time, like waiting to get a dog till you have dedicated time for it is fine in theory, but also even if you do have time to dedicate to it, there's still a lot that could be beyond your control. So Mm -hmm. creating a time to sort of be like, This is not going to be like, you know, just walks in the park and instant love or whatever and saying like, here's what we can start putting in place to make this easier. That's more important than feeling like you have devoted time to it. Understanding sort of a strategy and playing at the strengths of preparedness rather than just only time. Yes. Yeah. Because I think that that's one of the reasons why so many pandemic puppies have been like having hard times is that it was almost too much dedicated Yes, time. And then so they expected kind of constant. Attention stuff.
1: and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 And
0: even Mac now, after working from home for two years of me and Nathan working from home for two years, when I like go move my car mm-hmm. and come back into the house, she acts so thrilled to see me. Yeah. Like her separation stuff she i wouldn't say it's separation anxiety because she's not like destroying stuff and eventually she will just go sleep in another room but mm-hmm. the level of like her expectation of me being around is so high from the last yeah. two years yeah and yeah. she was the kind of dog who would stay home by herself during the work day all the time
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah but it's just like sometimes having too much devoted time can also set bad boundaries so exactly Like sort of releasing expectations and allowing yourself to kind of like strengthen the foundation that you have
1: mm-hmm.
0: and go into it thinking I already have the foundation, so I don't need it to be easy peasy, lemon squeezy. It'll be right, good. right,
1: right, right, exactly.
0: And also send us pictures, Vicky. Yes, Vicky exactly. Because exactly. I think it's going to happen soon.
1: I don't yeah. feel like it's
0: something that's going to be do this. No, I don't think
1: so. It's just it's kind of like get ready now. Adjust yeah. things now. Create and go a plan. for it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Awesome. All right. Well, our second question is from Tisha and Tisha is another one of our lovely friends who sent us a question months and months ago that had a time constraint on it. So Mm -hmm. she resent it. There's a lot, a lot of information here, but basically the gist of it is that, uh, it is a chariot year for Tisha and she and her children moved to her hometown about 17 years ago, um after a divorce and they've lived there ever since but the kids are now grown ups they're 19 and 22 they all still live together but now of course they're more like roommates than like a mother and children because they are grown ups so they right. have boundaries set with each other all of this stuff they're thinking about moving and initially she had a really clear idea of where she wanted to move but after visiting that location the trip was like absolutely terrible it was they were oh. focusing between Mendocino and Arcata which is like far 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 northern California on the mm-hmm. coast and it was just really terrible they cut the trip short they drove home they just fucking hated it and so Tisha's kind of dropped the idea of moving but um, they were still sort of thinking about the Pacific Northwest and also Tisha's youngest child has reconnected with a friend from high school Steph has gotten romantic and that person lives in Seattle okay. and so there's that. Then there's okay. also the fact that Tisha has a significant other that have they've been together for a long time, like a really long time. They don't live together, but they are local in the Sierra Nevadas. Okay. So now Tisha's asking if she should um be open to moving if her youngest child moves to Seattle should they all be moving to Seattle and should she be leaving this sort of like romantic relationship behind or try Mm -hmm. to, trying to encourage him to move with her? Or, um, I guess this is where we can start picking up from what she's saying. Basically the, the partner though is also going through empty nest stuff because his two kids have already moved out. Uh, Uh he's not really that interested in moving to a city. Obviously Seattle is a city He also has an elderly parent in Monterey. Okay. That's my home (laughs) county. And so they don't want to move too far away from that. So then she says, okay, I don't even really know what the questions are, but I need some guidance and direction about this being a chariot year for me. Is there a move in the year for me or am I just supposed to stay here? And if there is a move, when, where, does it involve my kids or should I only be thinking about myself? Which, first of all, Tisha, I have a little bit of a problem with the way you even phrased that because... Wanting to not move with your kids is not only thinking about yourself. That's Mm -hmm. a really normal thing for people. I moved away from my family when I was 19. I love them so much. It was not a reflection on my love or devotion to them. It just Mm -hmm. was time for me to move away. Yeah, Esther moved away from her family. It's really normal to not have that nuclear family units stick together indefinitely. So Mm -hmm. don't think of you making a decision for yourself as being some sort of selfish thing. Yes. Yeah. You're allowed to make a decision for yourself without it being some like, like only thinking about myself issue. Yes. And then she says, does it involve my significant other or not? Do I wait to wait for a sign or for things to just happen? Or do I take action, make plans or insert my will? Um, which I tried to do with the scouting trip and it was a disaster. You're in a cherry year, So I do think that you need to make plans and don't just let things happen to you. Mm -hmm. I've tried pulling cards for the situation, but I'm too close to all of it. Any insight that you can see in the cards would be wonderful. Thank you. So there's a lot here to unpack. Right. Right. And I think that that's probably why we didn't get to the question initially because it seems like, Tisha's making a lot of decisions based on other people and not based on herself.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I know that it's, and obviously we're not moms, we're not parents. (laughs) So it's really hard to say, like you need to just let your kids move wherever Mm -hmm. they want. And you need to not worry about sticking with them. Yeah. But I do think that when you're experiencing a chariot year and also experiencing so much lack of clarity about what to do, Mm -hmm. putting a stop on the decisions you're trying to make is a completely fine strategy. But since you're in a chariot year, you still have to be making general decisions about moving forward. Yeah. It doesn't have to be literally moving, but you Mm -hmm. can't sort of like stay stagnant. But also want to prevent your children from trying to move Mm -hmm. or from like feeling like they still need you to be physically close to them. I guess. Right. I know that kind of sounds harsh, but like there's a reason
1: that empty nest as empty nesting is a thing. Right. 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 Well, and you can be a supportive person from you know a distance. Does that make sense? You know you you don't have to be right there beside them holding their hand for them to be successful in the place that they are settling. Yeah. So my question is, it seems like Tisha has a will that she wants to do because at the end she's asked, should I just push my will on them? Yeah. But I, at least from what I seen in the letter, it doesn't seem like she has told us her will. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: maybe I think that that's kind of maybe instead of answering with cards, we could try to create a helpful spread about what she should be asking specifically. Yes. So that she
1: can, can get figure to the it bottom out. of it. Yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, we can also pull cards for the energies and stuff. But I do think that if Tisha does have an idea of what she actually wants and she's just not able to articulate it maybe creating a spread that helps with that articulation or that like clarification would be
1: helpful. I just know that if we start pulling cards, it's going to be two of swords where Tisha is going to have to be the one to make this decision. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that, I mean, just, I just know that's going to happen. Right. And so to prevent the repetitiveness of Tisha, you need to make a decision. Tisha, this is in your hands. Tisha, you know what to do (laughs) for us to help kind of garner and like bring that desire out from you and kind of figure out like oh this is kind of what i'm direction i want to go in yeah and to be confident in that because for us you know i don't want to say it doesn't matter to us if you go with your kids or stay you know with your significant other or do something else like it's it's we don't have anything to do with that so at the end of the day it's you making that decision because we can't make that decision for you and we i'm sorry we can't tell you what to do we can tell you what to do we do have thoughts and opinions no we absolutely can however we refuse to well no it's not even
0: that we refuse to it's that i think that when there's so many little pieces Uh and it's a chariot ear. Right. That's the point of the chariot ear. Like there's no easy answer for it because the chariot ear is about making decisions Mm -hmm. and moving forward and taking action. And so there's no way that two strangers who Mm -hmm. don't know you and are just basing our entire assumption off of this. I would honestly say that for me it feels like in some ways immoral for us to just like yeah. Say what we think needs to happen. Right, right, right. But I was thinking, okay, actually, we should figure out how to amend my anxiety-ridden spread for preparing from the absolute worst that I wrote in. Okay, a couple years, a million, ago. million years ago. Like I 2018? wrote in twenty eighteen. Yeah, September I guessed 2018.
1: it. Yes, <laughs> good call.
0: <laughs> so the gist of it is, and I think that we can, we should definitely change a lot about yeah. it. But the gist of it is basically like. What am I doing or thinking? What's actually scaring me? What's the worst that can happen? And how can I avoid that worst thing? hmm And maybe shifting that to be a two-pronged approach, the way we do when we're, like, talking about the energies for different options, mm-hmm. would be helpful. Or just, like, a multi-pronged approach. Like, in this situation, it seems like there are, for the most part, two prongs, which are going or staying. Mm-hmm. And then you can break those into additional prongs of going with my children or going alone versus going with my children and going with my partner Mm -hmm. or some variation of those. But you have to really narrow down what the decisions are. And then a spread like this can kind of like be more specific. But when you're doing just the energy spreads, of course, you're getting what Esther was just saying, like all twos of swords and like. Just make a decision. Four of cups. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Where that sort of thing happens, (laughs) where it's like, oh, you're clinging to your ideas and you're not making a decision. Like, that's why I got the two of swords for so many years in 2016 or so many months in 2016. So I do think that maybe the way to do it would be to. Like, write down on a slip of paper what aspect you're asking about to sort of focus the energy. Mm hmm. So the aspect you're asking about
1: and then pull a card for what's scaring me. Okay. I'm going to, I'm writing this down so we can do this later. So go to the What's scaring me? What's the worst that can happen?
0: Should we do what's the best that can happen?
1: Yeah. I I'm, for, for, I'm I'm trying not to like get too many cards too that could projected. be conflicting or confusing.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe how can I how can I avoid that worst thing? Yeah. Maybe an area to look for for clarity and then do it again for whatever the second aspect is.
1: Right. So it'd be like the the aspect, the overall umbrella, just for instance, would be moving with family. And then what's scaring? What's the worst? How can I avoid that worst thing? And the clarity in the situation, something to bring clarity. Okay. There's
0: like, so this is the other thing. This is the other reason why this is so hard. I just like, because I didn't want to read the whole question, but now I'm That's realizing okay. that you have to hear the tone of some of the things. Because okay, it really okay. does help. So for example, um, because it just feels so panicky, and I think that that's one of the reasons why, like, sitting down and really focusing some energy on it is what the, what the chariot year is trying to teach them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is trying to teach Tisha. So when S, which is the younger child, told me that they were uh, talking about moving in together in Seattle later this year, I literally burst into tears. What happened to our plan? Is Seattle where I'm supposed to be as well, or am I just trying to avoid the empty nest syndrome? It seems like such a coincidence, though. And what about W, the older child, who doesn't even like being in the rain? Add to this a significant local person in my life. You could say we're partners, but we don't live together, we don't cohabitate well, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that Tisha even kind of, like, acknowledges that there's a feeling of, like, being hurt Mm -hmm. by her child wanting to move without her. And I think that that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Because if S is... If your reaction to S saying... I want to move to Seattle is, but your sibling doesn't even like the rain. And I don't like, you didn't even ask me first. Then maybe Mm -hmm. that's S trying to say, I want to do this by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I want to make this move for me. And so it's presumptuous to assume that Mm -hmm. S is saying as a family, let's all move to Seattle because of my partner that lives there. Um, And I think that that's kind of where the danger is happening, because there's a lot of assumptions that are being made, like especially even with the partner, Mm -hmm. you Tisha hasn't asked him what he wants to do other than knowing that he doesn't like living in cities and that he has this connection to Monterey. And he also owns a house and would want to buy a house wherever he goes. But that's still not the same thing as saying, like, like talking to would their you face. move to Seattle with me? Right, right. And I think that part of that comes from not having a clear idea of what's happening. But I think that that's by saying, what's scaring me about not moving or about being by myself where I currently am? Mm-hmm. What's the worst that can happen if I stay by myself? It could be, like, nothing. Right, right, right. Just, like, some sadness how can I avoid whatever that worst thing is? And then what to look through for clarity. So even just like staying put is fine. But I think ultimately a lot of these questions need to be something that you, Tisha, take off of your shoulders mm-hmm. and express to the people around you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like if moving is important, does S want you to be in Seattle? Does is S cool with you being other places? I mean, Washington and Oregon are big States. Mm-hmm. You can find places where there's land. You can find places where, your partner could build it's just it's a lot and so i think that rather than making assumptions that the plan should move forward it's hard because there's not a good way as a parent i think to express these things without sounding a little bit passive-aggressive right but i think that there's a lot of things that are
1: not being discussed overtly that Mm -hmm. need to be right and it's it's kind of like plans have changed and adjusted Mm -hmm. but no one's expectations have adjusted with that. There's not been a, they follow up conversation to that. Right.
0: And also, so she thinks that the coincidence of S wanting to move to Seattle is a coincidence because they were thinking about looking in Northern California and then in Portland and Seattle. But as somebody who lives in California, Portland and Seattle are like places where a lot of Californians consider moving. Yeah. So just the fact that S is going to move to Seattle doesn't really, to me, make it that big of a coincidence. It's a huge West coast city that is a smidge more affordable than California. Yeah. (laughs) It's not even that much more affordable than California at this point. Um, But it's it's a pretty hip, fun city from what I've seen. It's a fun city. Yeah. People love Seattle. So I don't think it's that much of a coincidence, not enough for it to be a sign that you should be moving. Right. 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 Maybe it's a sign that you should be staying on the West coast, but it's, I don't think that you having thought about Seattle and then your child also thinking about Seattle because they fell in love with somebody who lives there is necessarily that strong of a sign.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but
0: let's maybe we can do an example for the how to use this spread just for choosing two aspects of this question mm-hmm. and then we'll create some sort of graphic and we'll post it on Instagram and Tisha you should be doing this you should be creating almost like a web chart like a spider web chart of all of the decisions you're making so the ultimate circle and I'm going to write this down and show it to Esther maybe we'll post a picture of this too even though it'll be so sloppy but the central issue is moving. And then the branches off of that are with child or children, not with children. Because then the other question is, if you are going to ask your partner to move with you, is that man going to rip up his entire life because your child fell in love with somebody in Seattle and moved to Seattle for that reason? Like, there are so many other places to live. It just seems without asking these people, it seems hard to make that assumption that this person would even want to do that. Okay. So not with children, then additional with partner, not with partner.
1: I hear a dog making so much. Noise. Is he snoring? It's him snoring. He's been doing it for like 20 minutes now. So anybody who hears that... It sounds
0: like a small child making
1: noises. So... Okay. So moving... Moving. uh With children. Not with children. Partner. Not with partner. Okay. Yeah. And then with children,
0: the subsection is location because I think ultimately that's also a question. Mm -hmm. But I think starting off with just is moving the answer. And I get why you'd think that in a, in a uh, chariot year, but chariots don't have to necessarily mean moving. They just have to be be progress about forward momentum and progress and victory. And that's much more broad than just like getting out of town. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's just do with moving Mm -hmm. with the aspects being with children or not with children. And then, like I said, we'll post a graphic of the spread, and Tisha, you're welcome to go through this with getting more and more specific with your questions, and hopefully that will shed some clarity, but I do think that the goal of a chariot year is to go through this, and so it's really important that you do it right. on your own. Right, 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 That you spend time trying to achieve that chariot. Right. Okay, so let's do with children. moving with, with children, children first. Okay. Yeah. So what's scaring Tisha about moving with her children?
1: I got the eight of wands. And I got the nine of wands and the page of wands. Okay. So So yeah,
0: it's moving too fast. It's too exhausting. And it's about someone other than you. Mm -hmm. That's what's scaring you. Yeah. The Page of Wands would totally make sense for a 19-year-old making decisions based on love, which
1: I <laughs> yeah, I love. Yeah. That's such
0: a great 19-year-old move. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's really healthy and developmentally appropriate. Yeah. Um, hopefully everything goes well. I mean, obviously, people can be monsters. Right, exactly. But, okay, so what's scaring? And then the Eight of Wands and the Nine of Wands, is just like... It's moving too fast and it's going to be too exhausting. It's just moving too fast and super exhausting. Okay, so what's the worst that can happen if you do move with your children?
1: What did you get? I got the King of Cups and the Seven of Pentacles. I got the King of Wands and the Two of Cups. That's some big dick energy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, like, some leadership conflict. Yeah. The worst thing that could happen being sort of, like, feeling like maybe you didn't choose love, especially with the Seven of Cups and the Two of Cups. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of sort of, like, like did I make the right decision or not? There'd be a lot of second guessing. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's not a surprise. That's the entire point of this entire question. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but the second guessing thing would definitely be terrible in the context of like uprooting your whole life and moving to Seattle. Yeah. So how can you avoid that worst thing? <laughs> Esther, I don't even think we need your cards. I got the moon and the two of swords. Oh, okay, So the way you can avoid that is by turning inwards uh-huh. and making the decision that you know you want right. to make. Well, and I got the ace of
1: swords, <laughs> which is just cutting through the bullshit of this whole thing. Like, yeah, that's that's exactly what you need to do.
0: Yeah, you need to look inwards for the stuff that you're not acknowledging you want and make decisions that suit you. I think the two of swords is very clear about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You know what you need to do. Make the decision that suits you. And cut through all of this sort of outside noise, all of the stuff that feels more emotional, Mm -hmm. remove it. Yeah, We're talking about logical. We're talking about you doing what you know you want to do. We're talking about you turning inwards to figure out what that is and then moving forward from there. Yeah. So an area to look for for clarity...
1: I knew the Two of Swords would show up at some point. I thought it was you did the Hanged Man, so I was like... Phew. So. <laughs> so the Two of Swords works well, too.
0: I got the Two of Pentacles for an area to look for clarity. And I got the Ten of Swords. Yeah. I. That's, that's interesting. interesting. I feel like it's just saying, like, the area you need to look for is, like, why you're letting this be so exhausting, mm-hmm. why you're letting this be so painful, right? and what you're trying to balance that's creating the pain mm-hmm, right and i think in this context of the balance that you're trying to strike to that's creating all this pain is the role of what being a parent looks like mm-hmm. when your kids are no longer children yeah yeah and you're trying to create this balance of being like roommates as tisha says in her email but also still feeling like you need to be right up with them right the right exactly but you also express by this like kind of feeling of a little bit of despair about your child making a decision to possibly move without consulting with you. Yeah, yeah. So what are you trying to balance? What are you trying to keep up in the air? And then how that is creating pain is the area you should be looking into for even more clarity about the first aspect, which is moving with your child. Yes, yeah. Okay, but then the second aspect is still moving, Mm -hmm. but just without your child. And we'll try to do this fast because... Um, this question's been a long while and we want to make sure that we get to our review of Motherpiece Tarot. Tarot um, and since there's so much work that she's going to have to do on her own for this but I still think that we can talk oh, about yeah. moving on your own without your child what's scaring you about that move <laughs> I got death I got the tower okay yeah yeah <laughs> So moving without your children makes you feel like everything is ending. Everything you've known Mm -hmm. is ending. Yeah. And I think that makes sense because you made a decision to move to this hometown when your children were little and you were going through a divorce. And you've probably had a lot of time devoting yourself to your perception of what it means to be a mother Mm -hmm. or a parent. And now that that is sort of something you're considering doing on your own, your worst fear about moving by yourself is that everything is going to be a disaster. Yeah, yeah. Even though there's not really that much of an indication that it necessarily would be, Mm -hmm. your fear, what's scaring you, is death in the tower. Like, you really can't get much more clear than that as a fear. Yeah, you can't. Like, that's like the furiest fear.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you can't, it's kind of like, Catastrophizing things, you know what I mean? Like yeah, before absolutely. you even get to that moment, you're already expecting death and the tower. Okay, so yeah, right. you're there. You've already expecting it. So what? You know, yeah. It's Kind of. So let's <laughs> do.
0: What's the worst that can happen? I'm kind of curious about where that'll. Okay. Now that we've already gotten the worst, death the exactly. Tower the way, well, we yeah, both like, tap- have two it decks. Be? So
1: we'll see yeah, death in the tower true. happen again. <laughs> so the worst that could happen. Let's let's see the actual worst that could happen.
0: I'm just pulling one. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I got the three of swords. And I got the two of cups. Okay. Which is wild because I got the two of cups. I think that this relationship is more meaningful than you mm-hmm. think it is, Tisha. Yeah. I think that this me- this relationship, because for what's the worst that can happen for you moving with your kids, there was still that feeling of loss mm-hmm. in your partnership. Yeah. And then this, the worst that can happen of you moving without your kids
1: is heartbreak about that really about like a partnership Right, also. if you stay behind, you'll still, something bad will still happen. That's what your feeling is, like... You know, right. Yeah.
0: If, or, no, because this was moving without oh, the without kids. Oh, without the kids, okay. But also right. without the partner, Right. moving solo. Oh, solo,
1: solo, solo, okay.
0: And it feels like moving solo is also going to make you feel really sad yeah. about partnership ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's the worst that can happen. How you could avoid the worst thing see what this says huh huh,
1: huh. I got the five of pentacles and I got the seven of cups
0: okay and we got the seven of cups last time too yeah I went and the five of pentacles and the seven of cups as being how you could avoid heartbreak
1: it's kind of I like think, asking for help and making a decision. Yeah. like Or like choosing something
0: that might not be financially like the easiest mm-hmm. or the most lucrative yeah. choice. Like maybe take some moments of un- like physical uncertainty, not even necessarily financial uncertainty, I guess, because pentacles don't have to be that. Right. But like, like maybe physical uncertainty making opting for that could allow you cause it's like a vulnerability yeah, thing. Yeah. I think that talking to your partner is really going to be important. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Because if the worst that can happen of you moving without your children is that you're heartbroken and the way to avoid it is to choose something that makes you a little bit vulnerable, then maybe that vulnerable thing is being more upfront with your partner
1: about mm-hmm. what's going on. Right all of your feelings like just getting on the same page with them because your expectation may be like oh i don't think he'll want to move because his parents or blah 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 blah. and he may want to move you know you don't you can't determine like their decision for them before you ask them
0: or he may be like you know the circumstances of us not cohabitating well have changed so much like they lived together for two and a half years when they're when her kids were little Mm -hmm. And she says, she says, we've tried it for two and a half years when my kids were little, and it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. We've been in and out of each other's lives for the past 12 years, and he feels like someone who's part of my future. So I feel like maybe the things that made cohabitating so difficult at the beginning mm-hmm. are a- alleviated. You're not a mother to small children right. anymore. right? So maybe putting yourself in a little bit more of like a vulnerable position to say, here are the options I'm looking at. And I'm scared and uncertain Mm -hmm. that five of pentacles could absolutely play into that and being vulnerable and allowing other people to help you with those decisions who know all of the context Mm -hmm. would probably be a really good idea. But it also is saying that you would need to be really open to that. You're not fighting the five of pentacles, you're opting for the five of pentacles. Mm -hmm. So showing that vulnerability could lead to some really great conversations. And maybe there's some, helpful ideas that he can come up with and help you with. But you have to go into it saying, I'm open to this. Mm-hmm. I'm open to this vulnerability. I'm open to allowing like people to help me with decisions. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. So an area to look for, for some clarity about that aspect, moving away without like participating with your kids or your partner. I don't think that that's an option. I think that. hmm. That's clearly not what you want to do. You don't want to be moving away alone. <laughs> oh, The two of cups kind of just broke out oh. <laughs> of the deck. I'm going to... Okay, I got the womb, which is a card specific to this deck. Mm -hmm. And its keywords are receive, nourish, surrender, and patience. And what Nikki says about it is, I am here waiting and receiving in passive hibernation. I'm not ready to transform, though I'm not resisting. I'm surrendering. I wait and am open. I embrace and I allow myself to grow, to ebb, and to flow with the natural rhythm and progression of life. I wait. I watch as my environment feeds me and I expand in response. Soon I will grow too large for the comfort of this embryo. I will puncture these walls and push forward to meet the air. I will take the gifts that sustained me in suspension and meet them on my own. Things are moving, even if you're not aware of it yet. For now, observe, absorb, and flow. You will know when it's time to take action. hmm That really, really, to me, aligns with the idea of being vulnerable with these people and saying, here's where my fear is. Here's what I'm thinking. Help me.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I pulled the queen of wands so that energy is there. But yeah. you just need to be more confident in where your decision is, because the queens right. are intuitively knowing about what right. they need, what they want, and they know how to communicate that as well to their partners in life. Right. So to me, that is important <sighs> to, you know, carry on into this. This is the energy to kind of encompass this womb, this Queen of Wands energy. yeah. And I think that it's
0: really interesting that a womb card would come up because that is so specific. Mm -hmm. And these are your conflict here is really about figuring out if you're avoiding your children flying from the nest. Yeah. And I think through this spread, it feels like that really is what this is about. Mm -hmm. And you need to be really vulnerable with your kids and with your partner about what is scaring you about them being on their own. Mm -hmm. And if that's you being on your own, that's totally fine. Allow that vulnerability. Your kids are adults and they can know that about yeah. you. They don't need you to be the strong sort of like decision maker that you had to be when they were young mm-hmm. and you were going through a divorce right. and had to move the first time. Right. Like now they're grown ups, and they have thoughts and opinions about this. And so you need to let them. Yeah. And you need to ask them and you need to be able to figure out what you specifically want without
1: worrying about what you think that other people want from Mm -hmm. you. And it's kind of like you've had to do things for survival and kind of like push down what you want for the betterment of other people. And now it's time for other people in your life. They're of the age that they can support you now. So exactly. They can be there for you. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, Tisha, good luck. And again, we'll post the spread uh, positions. And I think anyone could really use this when they're trying to decide between two things that they're, both scared of, mm-hmm. because it's more specific than the energy of the situation. Exactly, it's about fear and moving on from fear. Exactly. Yes. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Oof! Is right. <laughs> woof woof okay so now we are going to
1: give some patreon shout outs i do not mind if i can find the google drive document okay got it okay scrolling 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 okay we got it (laughs) so our newest patreon aaron thank you so much for being a patreon supporter of ours i will pull you a card our website bill is due at the end of the month so your contributions help pay for (laughs) a whole entire year of website domain stuff it's so is so true. So thank you for that. So Aaron, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Your card is and a one, and a two, and a three, and a four, five, a six, and a seven is oh, the three of pentacles. Oh, this is so no, lovely. I love it. Oh. Some yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. Esther, Esther, Esther. Yes. All right. We have put this off long enough. It has not been intentional, I got to say. It's just
0: It has it's been fully accidental every single time. It's been a,
1: it's, it's like this deck is a block in our mind. It's like there's a block. Right. Like a spiritual Even though block.
0: You I remember writing the chapter about it in our book I'm, very very clearly. Yeah, yeah. But every, every when we were doing the summer school and we did all of the deck, we reviewed all the decks that we hadn't yet reviewed, mm-hmm. we completely forgot about Motherpiece. Completely whiffed it. And then last week we went on a little bit of a rant about it. And yesterday I was like, Esther, I think that it's time. It's time. (laughs) So this, everyone, is Motherpiece. Motherpiece
1: it is. So
0: Motherpiece was created in 1981 in the Bay Area of California by Karen Vogel and Vicki Noble. I'm going to just read the introduction part of this chapter from our book so we can go from there um and also it sums it up really well so we have more research about this than we normally do for like a background on the artist because we wrote an entire chapter about about it yep (laughs) okay so uh the motherpiece chapter starts with after a self-described life-changing vision independent feminist researchers and spiritual seekers karen vogel and nikki noble set out in 1978 to create what they called the first feminist tarot deck which is why we included it in this book it came out a couple of months ago Before the second feminist tarot. (laughs) Tarot (laughs) The two women had lived together in Colorado, and eventually their travels led them to Berkeley, California, where they researched goddess religions and auricular activities in prehistoric and early world history. After Noble reported that Vogel received a transmission of ancient wisdom, the two started drawing new interpretations of the 78 cards. They wanted to create a deck that broke through the masculine, traditional tarot deck archetypes of emperors, kings, popes, and popes and focus instead on the times when women were in charge of community, spiritual healing and ritual outside of their immediate family. To that end, they drew oracles, sages and wise women from all time periods and geographic areas. The court cards, which normally show King, Queen, Knight and page were renamed shaman, priestess, daughter and son to emphasize the spiritual power of the head of the household. Um, I'm going to keep going. That's fine. I hope you don't no,
1: it's fine. Uh, I could, <laughs> I could Next. just, can
0: we just read the chapter as our review? <laughs> we probably could. I really, yeah, there's some good parts that we get to eventually. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So using their experience in social sciences and biology, their passion for life and their deep spiritual curiosity, Vogel and Noble were able to synthesize a vast collection of historical information, psychic understandings, and occultist studies. Dividing the deck between them, they drew and finalized all 78 images within a year. Vogel then wrote a guidebook as she saw herself as the conduit for what the images wanted to say. They released Motherpiece Tarot in 1981. The Motherpiece artwork is entirely original and not based on the style or images of any other popular tarot deck. Even the round shapes of the cards is a departure from the traditional physical structure we've come to associate with cards. It gives the deck and art a certain softness, especially unusual for that time, separating it from the sea of tarot decks with sharp edges of squares or rectangles. These precise edges could imply strong masculine archetypes, while soft circular cards with no corners imply goddess energy at play with the deck. The circular shape also offers a unique way to read the cards based on orientation, which I really like. I do think that that's cool. If the image leans a certain way, it can be seen as passive or so slow energy while tilted. Another way could read as high accelerated energy or aggressiveness. This is the first deck we've included in our book. That not only has a divine inspiration backstory, but also represents another trend that emerged in the early 80s of tarot art increasingly created by tarot practitioners rather than printing companies or publishers interested in increasing their bottom line by marketing to the esoteric world. Ta da. Now, actually, the next page is about the issues with the deck, so I'll read that too. <laughs> Looking at the motherpiece cards through our modern lens that tries to avoid appropriating non-mainstream spiritual practices, we see some obvious issues. Focusing on historic and prehistoric women meant that many of the initiation rites and magical activities drawn by Vogel and Noble depict religious and spiritual practices of Black and Indigenous groups that aren't open for the general population's participation. That's not okay. Mm -hmm. However, 40 years ago when this deck was created as an expression of second-wave feminism, Focusing attention on any pre-Christian or pre-patriarchal religion was new and mostly unexplored. The vibrant community of second-wave feminist authors, artists, and seekers clearly shaped Vogel and Noble. The motherpiece tarot emerged at the same time as the non-centralized goddess movement that exploded in the 1970s. And introduced a whole new generation to the tradition of worshipping some variation of the great mother goddess. And that's all capitalized Mm -hmm. because it's a concept. Yeah. One instrumental of the movement was Carol Patrice Christ. I love her last name. We say the irony of that surname is not lost on us. Who wrote a widely distributed article called Why Women Need the Goddess and was the keynote speaker of the Great Goddess Reemerging Conference held at the University of California, Santa Cruz in 1978. We don't know whether Vogel or Noble were influenced by Christ's teaching. Carol Patrice, comma, not Jesus. <laughs> Esther, we're very fun. We are hilarious. <laughs> but it would be hard to have been a feminist in California at that time and not be familiar with her. Uh, just a little bit more and then I'll stop reading it because it switches to feminist art in general. Oh yeah. One of the ways the feminists in the 70s and 80s sought to be heard was through infiltrating the mainstream art world through pieces like Some Living American Women Artists, which was created by Mary Beth Edelson. And so it's kind of this whole idea that in order to infiltrate the art world or the tarot world or the esoteric world or whatever, you had to join it as sort of like an undercover operative to be like, look at this feminist thing that I'm doing within your confines sort of thing. It's a little bit of like an interesting thing. But then second wave feminism specifically also sought to create women exclusive spaces for creation and community And that's where there were a lot of, like, feminist journals. Women's Spirit is the one that I found the daughter of on Facebook and almost messaged but didn't.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: there's a lot of really cool feminist art from this era, and a lot of it does have sort of this idea of, like, a universal female ancestor Mm -hmm. experience where if all of us could tap into this great mother goddess, all women would be... And I say women really intentionally because I do think that there is some, like... Turfy womb stuff Mm -hmm. going on With this so when I'm saying Women what I really mean is What the like biological Sex is here yes Yeah like womb havers in this Context Mm -hmm. which is not how I Would normally talk about right right
1: Yeah it's the language We're using today is mostly From the creators themselves and What they have said and how they have designed Things it's not how we would Usually convey anything
0: Right so then I'm going to read the modern cultural impact page. Also, oh yeah. And then we'll talk about our favorite cards. If you have any, I honestly have like one.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: Okay. So the modern cultural impact, many women in 1981 were excited about the publication of the self-identified first feminist deck. It was an exciting change of pace from the still patriarchal world that seemed determined to force them into certain societal ideals. It's so easy to forget from our 2020s perspective that women in the 1970s weren't consistently allowed to open credit cards without the approval from the men in their lives. Huge thanks to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I remember that we wrote this like the week after Ruth Bader yeah, Ginsburg died. died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When we dug into discussions and commentaries surrounding this deck, we found lots of testimonies of women entering a, usually said in hushed tones, feminist, feminist bookstore. And finding Motherpiece Tarot as a balm for their souls, connecting with them and revealing things that traditional tarot decks had not been able to do. At the same time, Motherpiece Tarot is not without its controversies. During the initial release, and to some extent to this day, there is a counteraction to this deck many times from men that it is that is viscerally resistant to the card's depictions of male figures. Along with other similar feminist decks that followed it, Motherpiece is criticized for not taking men seriously being created by man-haters, and disrespecting masculinity, for example, by having the shaman of wands wear a skirt as though kilts and other skirt-like traditional outfits are. That was a literal criticism
1: I found online, just FYI. Right, (laughs) exactly.
0: These types of comments are so cliche that they're almost comical. They seem to come mostly from men whose ideas of manliness are threatened by depictions of anything other than power, strength, and patriarchy. Noble, who wrote the Mother Peace guidebook, introduces the deck by saying that it's primarily about healing the planet and ourselves. She reasons that the patriarchy did not bring peace, so to bring peace, there needs to be an embrace of the Great Mother, the source of matriarchal consciousness. That's why Mother Peace Tarot focuses primarily on the goddess archetype and her influence on the world. In this, sorry, this effort to emphasize the global prehistoric Great Mother idea has led to some other controversy today, particularly through the lens of intersectional feminism. Intersectional feminism, if this is a new term for you, was uh, described by American legal scholar Kimberlé Crenshaw as a prism for seeing the way in which various forms of inequality often operate together and exacerbate each other. In other words, the concept that feminism does not exist in a bubble and has to include societal layers like race, gender, and sexual identity, age, socioeconomic status, religion, ethnicity, and a variety of other identifiers. Motherpiece was created by a very specific feminist point of view, and while the authors did include people of color and at least half of the cards, critics today will argue that two white feminist creators did not have the right to use depictions of cultural heritage they weren't invited into to further their point of the universal experience of goddess worship. The artwork and the creators' viewpoints crossed over into appropriation of, this, of these cultures without proper understanding and acknowledgement of what these things truly represent to those indigenous groups. This modern day accountability shows that sometimes what we intend as healing is not necessarily the impact for all viewers of our artwork and can be hurtful to others. Uh, yeah, I'm super proud of that chapter. Yeah, actually. Now rereading
1: it. It was difficult to write because we don't love th- the art that I much. think the art parts were difficult for me to write. Because I mean I can't say like it's beautiful because, but um, that was sort of a self-read there.
0: But <laughs> I think in general that was the area that you felt the most tight about yes. for every section. every section describing, describing the cards. art. Always you always were like I that's as many words as yeah. I this have. is I have
1: two <laughs> sentences for you. Thank you very much. And and we're done. I
0: am done. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, So do you have any favorite cards? I think I really enjoyed the Wheel of Fortune when we were looking at it and writing about it because of the planetary Uh stuff in it. Um, And the the Wheel of Fortune card depicts the solar system surrounded by 12 images of various iterations of Mother Goddess. And so I I really liked that kind of the intention behind that various depictions. To me, that doesn't cross over into the cultural appropriation because it's depicting many different cultures. If it makes sense, it's right. not like you know people of color. You know, I'm interpreting them. It's kind of just depicting many cultures. Yeah, here it's more like historical. Exactly, comments. right, exactly. Which is there? You want to
0: read that whole page? Yeah, I, I think can. The whole thing is kind of
1: cool. Yeah, um, in Mother Peace Tarot, the Wheel of Fortune card depicts the solar system surrounded by twelve images of various iterations of the mother goddess. This is an interesting depiction that caught our attention because in earlier tarot decks, we see a physical wheel turned by or near either fates or actual people. Motherpiece, on the other hand, shifts the cards t- to focus on the impact of the whole universe and therefore the influence of the goddesses. The 12 images on this card align with the 12 zodiac signs, starting at the 11 o'clock position with Aries, represented by a copper figure that was an archaeological discovery in India and was dated from 24,000 to 2000 BCE. Each subsequent house is represented by pre-Columbian figures, Stone Age Syrian figures, and figures from all over the ancient world, Egypt, Mesopotamia, Greece, before getting to Pisces, represented by the fish goddess. And I think that's their strong suit. Their strong suit is historical documentation. Right. Which makes sense because they were researchers about that. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I think to me, this card is so kind of the most powerful one in the deck that I enjoy and appreciate. Yeah. Um, Because it, it, it means historical things and it's historically kind of more accurate than anything else that I feel like it's in this deck. So,
0: and I think for me, my favorite card is the star. Oh, yeah. Because it shows, I, first of all, I think that the art itself is more beautiful mm-hmm. than some of the other cards. But also, the themes of renewal feel really good. And yes. I think I, that Esther and I both agree in the idea of submerging ourselves in water is like ultimately always what we want. Exactly. From renewal. Yes, yes, yes. So it's this beautiful woman is sort of sitting in a pond. There's a lot of greenery and like peacefulness surrounding her. And it's also raining. Yes. And it's just very, like, it just. Feels very renewal mm-hmm. and I love it. Yes, for
1: that reason. It, yes, yes, yes. Exactly. That was the other card that had jumped out to me. That oh, that one's yeah, that one's good. Yeah.
0: I also kind of like. I mean, Ankh is like such a oh yeah, such a wearing an Ankh was such like a feminist symbol when we were teens. Mm-hmm. Like people who were like really, really <laughs> radical to <would> wear <laughs> the Ankh around their neck. Uh-huh. But the Judgment card is an Ankh sort of like spreading a rainbow over the planet and i like that it has weeded out the biblical references Mm -hmm. the ankh represents love and peace and it is kind of like a beautiful like interconnectedness of having the rainbow sort of coming from that and shadowing the whole world yeah
1: it's definitely one of the more hot cards oh you do have a hard you know
0: i have a a million oh yeah but one of the hot cards that's definitely in the um, book that we that is one that brings up issues of their blindness to race. Oh, comes up in this
1: card. Okay, the devil card. Oh, the devil, devil. Let me just second. So,
0: the devil card and motherpiece, according to Vogel and Noble, represents repression and lack of control. The patri- patriarchy writ large in place of a more Christian morality devil figure. Oh, yeah. The art depicts level of con- conflict in a pyramid scheme. No, not a pyramid scheme, just a pyramid <laughs> shape. <laughs> At the top is the big man, and this is where it gets problematic because the big man, this like patriarchal figure, is depicted as white, mm-hmm. but then everyone below him, or a lot of the people figures below him, are shown with brown skin and in chains. Mm-hmm. So, the point of the card is supposed to be this helpfulness, but I think the blindness comes from including this male patriarchal figure, sort of like enslaving Mm -hmm. non-white figures. And I just think that that's incredibly like Mm short-sighted and it shows a huge blind spot for these creators. Cause even though the card's meaning is supposed to be about how that sucks and isn't fair, Mm -hmm. it still is just like, couldn't you have chosen another way to depict it? Right. Right. So it says below the big man are changed people, changed people literally buying into or defending the structure. So some of them are paying the big man. Some of them are, fighting off people with weapons. Um, Problematically for us, all of the figures paying into the structure seem to be people of color, including a mother giving her child to the chain of command, while a white woman is showing as having broken her chains to escape, though she is being attacked for it. The message about the subjugation of women and people of color continues up the tiers of the pyramid with the second tier presenting war and the third representing peace. Peace is depicted as brown bodies serving white bodies and it seems gross and inappropriate. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the peace section is like these white men sitting on chairs and having people bring them water. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, Vogel explains that her intention was to point out that these are the injustices, even during peaceful times that women and people of color are subjected to.
1: It kind of goes into what we sort of talked about with the, with several decks where they put people of color on cards intended for suffering. And there's always, right. it's, com- it's completely like done like well, that constantly. It shows
0: this right. And it shows this like sort of prejudice or like, I guess maybe unconscious bias. Mm-hmm. And that is problematic. Yes. Yeah. The other card that is problematic for more like gender and sex stuff is the Ten of Discs. Oh, yeah. Which is a community of women surrounding a woman giving birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the fertility and the feminine crafts throughout and all of that, it's just like a very womb focused situation. Yeah. But anyway, so like we talked about in last week's episode and also mentioned here, this was the start of a lot of, like, early feminist decks. Mm-hmm. Again, I'll put it out in the universe, if anyone has a Thea's tarot that they would like to sell to me, please <laughs> let me know.
1: She will break her 100 day, her 100 yeah, day I buying spree. will definitely, spree.
0: definitely break my buying ban for that <laughs> because I love it so much. Um, but also the Daughters of the Moon tarot mm-hmm. and... Just, like, a lot of feminist decks that came out right after that. So it was important to include Motherpiece because it is, like, incredibly prolific. You can get it literally anywhere. It's sold everywhere. Right, right. You can find it wherever you buy decks, like, even in the smallest shops. Um, And, like, Dior was really into Mm -hmm. it. One of the designers for Dior was really into it, and he used a lot of imagery from Motherpiece on actual garments. So... It is an important deck, but if you're interested in a feminist deck with a unique shape, we suggested in our book, Mm -hmm. Dark Days Tarot, which we've also reviewed on the podcast. It's a non-traditional shape. It's monochromatic. It feels more inclusive and modern. Mm -hmm. It doesn't rely quite on mythology in the same way. Right. Um, But it just feels similar, but in some ways more contemporary right
1: and i believe they the creators also have a deck that's kind of new i want to say it's maybe a year old called oh, oh yeah mother tarot which is yeah. technically like a more inclusive better version in my opinion so if you're interested in this sort of work in this sort of artness and connecting to the goddess that may be a deck that you want to totally. check out instead right absolutely good call esther I just
0: remembered it. I was like, "What's the name?" Yeah, I forgot about that because it was like up for pre-order when we were reading when we we were were writing the book. Did
1: either of us night? Did I thought one? I thought I
0: bought it, but I guess I didn't. Well, who knows? But I'll have to go through. I I
1: for us, I think this is a testament for us writing about decks that were iconic but we do not like. Because I think people right. think that these are our favorite decks and they're not. These two of us are like the <laughs> iconic historical decks in the right in the you know yeah. scheme of things. Although rereading
0: that did make me feel I mean we're pretty we're fucking good. badass. I mean We're really we were really good at writing. We that are. Though. We were. It's amazing.
1: All right, well that's our show.
0: I'm not gonna pull a card from it because I don't even know where it
1: is. Yeah, yeah. I don't sorry. It it loves it. we're <laughs> just gonna assume that it hates us. How about that? Yeah. We're just going to assume that now. (laughs) Oh my God. I, yeah. If you have mother piece, draw a card for us and put it in our Facebook comments or discord. Yeah.
0: Or tell us if you love it. I mean, I don't think that it's wrong to appreciate it. I would, I, like I said in last week's episode, I know so many people who are sort of of my mother's generation Mm -hmm. who really needed that divine goddess sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's, It's easy to retrospectively when women are in such a different position than we were in the Mm -hmm. late 70s to, you know, forget that it was harder to be pagan. It was harder to be a Mm non-Christian who was interested in spirituality. And it's just interesting to think about. But anyway, if you love it, tell us why you love it. I'd love to hear it. Mm -hmm. And not in a defensive way. No, Yeah. I would love to hear your good stories, your beautiful stories with it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, including a handy form with which to submit questions. And also tell your <laughs>
1: friends about us. And thank you for rating and review us with five stars. Your it time and best. your stars just mean the world to us. And as and it's because of you that we're growing. And so thank you so much for your contribution to right. this we
0: majorly appreciate yep. it. You can also follow us on Instagram at wildly tarot podcast or join our Facebook community by searching for wildly tarot podcast on Facebook.
1: And also as mentioned before, we have a discord server and we have merch on red bubble and everything that we've kind of talked about today with links or, you know, re- reference to are in the show notes. So go ahead and check those out too.
0: Awesome. Um, and remember, How do we end this? Go Go forth forth and tarot wildly this week.
1: We love you so
0: much. We do. We so do.